don't know. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I feel like it's actually got a decent ABV. It could. There's only one way to find out. Just keep drinking it and see what happens. <laughs> keep drinking and see what happens. You pee real quick. Just so you know, this podcast will be our first Back to the Christ and Culture. This is Steve. And this is Gordon. You know what's funny is a couple weeks ago, um, which is actually the same day as I recorded with Clint oh, to, yes. this, to this morning, uh, which were the past few weeks podcasts, but because of Christmas and everything, uh, we had to get together and record a bunch we'll of these. parting ways for yeah. a month. What was funny is Clint and I just talked about how we really don't see each other a whole lot. And so this recording is like a really a chance for us to be able to get together. Yeah. But it feels like forever. Whereas you, like I feel like since we're brewing beer together, I see you a lot more often because we've been getting together the past couple weeks. Yeah, there was a point where like where, when you first moved out. Yeah. That recording was the only way I saw you. Yeah. And, and like, then yeah. and then we just decided to start brewing beer. And then I saw you like every couple weeks because we had a new step in our brewing process. Yeah. Which speaking of, we finished it. We did. Our uh, first one. Our first one. We had attempted a double IPA, uh, which is like a really, really hoppy beer, right? Yeah. Um, but we messed up the malting process because it's a lot of malt for for a double IPA. And so we, it didn't really work out as well as we had hoped. So anyway, this beer basically turned out to just be a really hoppy light beer. Mm-hmm. So we've named it the Hoplite, like the Greek warrior, because it's hoppy and light. So it's a Hoplite. We also used a type of hop which is considered warrior hops. So yeah, it so it just fits perfectly. Yeah, it's uh, really funny. We're actually really proud of the name. <laughs> just, you know, uh, obviously it didn't turn out quite like we wanted, but... It was it, the first one. It's the first one, and you know what? It's good um, it's for not, what it is. Yeah. So if you want something light and hoppy, uh, this is exactly <laughs> the beer. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, words we've used, or just can't, because I know our viewership is ranges in yeah. age then that's fine too yeah this exactly is just a new art that we are trying well not a new art it's an art we already love but a new medium of this art that we are trying to perfect yeah, endeavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we would never condone people um drinking to excess or drinking illegally to god's um, glory only yes exactly so anyway uh what have you been in taking in the media well actually uh although it is still 2018 mm-hmm while we're recording this, um, Happy New Year. Yes, absolutely. It, it's going, this will be out uh, the 20, 2019. Yeah, this is the first podcast of 2019. Yeah. So I hope you guys had a Happy New Year. Clint and I wished you one last week. Um, we're hoping that 2019 is treating you well. Uh, hoping you're following the challenge that I issued in last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is a... Uh, it was like a kind of New Year's resolution, but also like a continuous resolution. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil it on this podcast because I'm going to make you go back and listen to that one, or at least the very end of that last one. Yes. <laughs> but hopefully you would listen to the whole thing. It may not be your cup of tea, the topic, but it actually contained a lot of really, I thought, a, a really, really good podcast with a lot of really good themes that we touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, so for nothing else, I would I would check it out for that. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, honestly, since we've been recording Sony podcasts lately for this holiday season, back to back, I can't really think of anything I haven't mentioned that I'm yeah. already kind of been taking. Yeah. But 
season three of Daredevil on yeah. Netflix, you know, has been out. And I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I've seen the first two seasons as they came out. I've just, Lizzie started from yeah. the beginning in season mm-hmm. one. Okay. And so I've been watching it from the beginning with her. And yeah. we're almost done with the second season. So yeah. we should be starting season three like next week. Perfect. Have you, um, have you like watched the other MCU I've seen, Marvel? Okay, so Netflix I, Marvel? I refused to watch most of them for a while just because I knew if I watched one, I used to watch Arrow. Yeah. And as soon as Flash came out, I had to watch both like at the same time. So I kept up with the story just because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm involved comically that way. Yep. So I didn't want to watch any of the Marvel ones on Netflix because I was like, I got to watch them all. Right. And then then the uh, DC came out with uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Right. Which is when Super I stopped Girl. watching. Yeah. every. I just stopped because I was like, I can't. I, I tried to keep up with all four of them. And I am seasons behind because it was just too much for me. Yep. Um, but I have watched them and I'm actually getting, and it was funny you mentioned that because I mentioned this on my podcast with Clint. Um, I've been watching this, the second season of Jessica Jones and then I'm actually going to follow up and watch the second seasons of um, some of the other ones mm-hmm. and the third seasons of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, you know, watch it all because now it's canceled, which I suspect is not because they actually canceled it, but because Disney is making their own streaming service. Right. And so they're canceled on Netflix, but I don't think the shows are canceled. I think when I've read, I don't know if it's going to come out on Disney. Yeah. But they, they might be, he might be in other shows Disney makes. Yeah. But yeah, so I've seen everything on Marvel, Netflix, except for the second season of Jessica Jones, okay. Luke Cage, and I haven't, or any of the second seasons mm-hmm. of the other ones except for Daredevil, and I haven't seen Punisher yet. Yeah, okay. Punisher's pretty good. It's dark. Cause see, Punisher, I want to see Punisher, and I, I do want to see the second season of Jessica Jones, because I yeah. really enjoyed her show. Actually, the second season of Jessica Jones, which is what I'm watching right now. I really like because it's a lot of character development for Jessica mm. because, and, and I mentioned this last week or two weeks ago, um, sometime earlier today in recording, <laughs> um, that Jessica, uh, is a very closed off character and doesn't really like people get close. And the second season of her show, um, really helps open her up to like why being vulnerable is important. Mm. Um, which is a theme that I obviously enjoy. Uh, but yeah, I obviously have mentioned everything that I've been intaking, really. Um, I, by the time this podcast podcast comes out, I fully intend to be reading a lot of the things that I uh, have neglected to kind of read. I have a lot of books on my reading list, um, and I'm really hoping to read those. Because I have a lot of books that have been lent to me <laughs> that I should return at some point. Yeah. It requires me to actually finish reading them. But it's just been been busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously when you're busy and you're tired, the last thing you want to do is read. And that's the thing that always sort of falls away. But Other than that, today, as of when we were recording, I uh, watched a movie I've been wanting to see for a very long time. The I pretty, I'm sure Clint mentioned it when you guys recorded about the lock-in. Yes. That he was coming from. So I was also at that lock-in. Recording on that, we were we me and Steve are recording on the same day. Yes. So I've slept, but I'm. I mean, I'm. I feel wide awake right now, but I, I'm. I know I'm still very sleep deprived. Um, yeah. yeah. But I went over to the Sackfords. Nick and Danny invited me and Lizzie over right after the lock-in, kind of today, and right. we went and watched one of their newest movies that they've raved on and on about, Christopher Robin, hmm. and it is phenomenal. And yeah, that's just kind of what I want to touch on today 
It's something that's been recommended to us. We've had a lot of Disney recommendations and a few like Disney movies we've been doing lately. And also we had Disney December mm-hmm. last last mm-hmm. month. So hopefully you guys partook in that, but kind of like close off maybe going into the new year. Um, yeah, so closing off the Disney December, kicking off the new year, Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin. Allah Gordon. And so diving right in. Yep. Do you, well, first off, do you grow up watching any other like Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, as other children in the 90s, uh, <laughs> grew up watching Winnie the Pooh, um, although probably more in cartoon form than right. any sort of live action, obviously. Uh, and yeah, so I grew up with a little bit of the, the Christopher Robin, Winnie the Pooh stuff. Tigger, actually funny funny story, Tigger was actually my aunt, uh, my Aunt Kelly's favorite like character, and so she loved Tigger, and I really liked Tigger because of his springtail. I don't know why, I just thought he was really cool when I was a kid. Springtail. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. In the Tigger movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But so, um, this movie is a live action, like Steve said, and it takes place basically starting where Chris Robin as a kid is saying like a final farewell to Pooh and his friends and the Hunter Acre Wood and it starts there and he's hanging out with Pooh one last time walking you know across the bridge and the classic things we've seen and they're talking and he's like Pooh you know how I do nothing and like Pooh's like oh yes I love doing nothing and he's like yeah I love doing nothing too and Pooh says a line that becomes very vital to the remainder of the movie where it's like doing nothing often leads to the very best kind of something. And so you get this idea of nothing and mm-hmm. nothingness. And then the movie, after he says his farewell, he goes off to boarding school, grows up, um, finds, meets a woman, has a kid, pretty much becomes a father and gets sucked into this idea of he has to work to make a means for his wife and his family. He used to, you know, make sure there's security and there's safety. And he gets kind of lost in that secular view of things. Mm -hmm. And he's supposed to be going off to a cottage with his family for a weekend. And his company's not doing well. So his boss asks him to work on the weekend to figure out budget costs because there's a huge meeting after the weekend. Yeah. And he's like, I can't. I have like, I'm going on vacation. And he's like, I need you to work this weekend because nothing comes from nothing. And so that's been a new quote that's been drill, drilled into him as an adult now. Mm-hmm. Nothing comes from nothing. And once again, it's this idea of nothing, but two mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. Whereas a kid and with Pooh, something great comes from nothing. Mm-hmm. And now as an mm-hmm. adult, nothing comes from nothing. You, yeah. you either have something or nothing. And yeah. it made me think immediately when I was watching this movie, um, when I kind of stepped away from the church, I really got into this one guy named Alan Watts, mm-hmm. who he's more spiritual Mm-hmm. Um, than like strictly kind of one religion or another. Um, but he has this video on nothingness. Yeah. So I have a few of his quotes, what he says. And he says, okay. so if you really go the whole way and see how you feel at the prospect of vanishing forever, have all your efforts, all your achievements, and all your attainments turning into dust and nothingness, what is the feeling? What is happening to you? So he gets that idea rolling. He's like, but if someone is going to argue that the basic reality is nothingness, where does all it come from? Where does everything come from? He said, obviously from nothing. It begins at nothing and then it comes from something. So in this way, by seeing that nothingness is the fundamental reality and you see it's your reality, then how can anything contaminate you? All the idea of you being scared 
or put out and worried and so on is nothing. It's a dream because you're really nothing. And this is the most incredible nothing. Yeah. This strikes me. Um, when I was in college, I took a, a class uh, with um, Father Tom Hart, uh, who is a great, great, great guy, uh, great monk, very deep theologian. And we were talking about, um, you know, in the in Western theology, right? Like Western church theology, we're very um, like cataphatic, right? We're very like positive, like God is good. God is this, right? And like our, our theology that flows from that is like a very intellectual sort of theology. But like the theology of like the Eastern church is very cataphatic, or I'm sorry, is very, ap- <laughs> I just said that, is very apophatic, yes. right? And that is like, where you don't, they don't really use like affirming statements, like God is good, but they're like, God is not evil, right? right? God is not right. limited. Um, and it leads to this actually really beautiful, like theology almost of nothingness of like, when you encounter God, like he's so limitless that it, that you like can lose yourself in that. And that like, the light of God is almost like this cloud because you're like blinded by it. And like, it almost has like that sort of depth to it of like this, like the limitlessness of God is like so hard to comprehend and that it it seems like, you know, like nothingness, like came from nothingness. And like, it just strikes me as very like apophatic theology is like this theology of like nothingness and things coming from nothing. Yeah. And so there, there is like a twofold thing here because obviously everything comes from God. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, because when you say everything comes from nothing, then you're almost saying God doesn't exist. Right. So everything does come from God. But when God created man mm-hmm. and created the earth and created yeah. everything, he created yeah. it from nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that. And it's actually funny because that theology in itself grew in the Jewish people. Uh, the early Jewish people, the way they understood God was that he that all that stuff was already there. Right. Right. There was something and God ordered chaos right because that was their experiences they were chaotic people Mm -hmm. and god brought them order and it wasn't until they were in exile with like maccabees Mm -hmm. um that people were being like killed like martyred right they were being thrown in the furnace and this theology evolved same way that like the theology after the babylonian captivity evolved from like god is a god of like this particular piece of land to oh no, our God is universal. Like he is the only, like he's not just the only God for the land of Israel. He is the only God. That's why like the Jewish people struggle with uh, polytheism so much is because they they didn't quite grasp that um, concept as well as like after they were brought out of Israel and God was still their God that they realized God is the God of everything. And in the same way after Maccabees, they realized God didn't doesn't create out of something. He can create out of nothing. Right. Yeah. And so I just want to close. This is the last thing that Alan Watts said. And he says, if you think of this idea of nothingness as blankness and hold on to this idea of blankness, then you kind of get grisly about it and you haven't understood it. Mm-hmm. Nothingness is really like the nothingness of space, which contains the whole universe, the sun and the stars, the mountains and the rivers, the good men and the bad men, the animals and the insects and the whole bit. All are contained in this void. So out of this void comes everything, and you are it. Yeah. And it makes takes me back to those two quotes. Yeah. Nothing leads to the very best of something. And so this idea of God creates from nothing, and from this nothing came you, mm. came us. And like we came from nothing, and then we look around, 
at what's around us and we look at our lives and what we have rather than what his boss is telling him that nothing comes from nothing. It's like, no, I came from nothing. Yeah. No, this whole, this whole world came from nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's not what Pooh meant, but we start to see with Pooh and we'll, I'll probably repeat this over and over again. We get the lens of the childlike faith. Yeah. And we just talked about childlike faith. So I think it's like really good that this is reaffirming that. Um, but I do want to bring up something else that, that you might actually end up touching on about this, like, um, sometimes the best somethings come out of nothing uh, or doing nothing is like the sense of sense of leisure, mm-hmm. which in, I think the American consciousness we have left out, right? Like, especially in the uh, super sort of uber um, commercialized and um, everything's about like society and productivity is king. And, you know, you constantly have to be working and, we live in a world where it is um, make sure you work really, 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 really hard now so that when you're old, you don't have to work and like everything's taken care of you. And we're not saying that there's not something about saving and making sure you work hard. And trust me, uh, I have a Benedictine background. So aura at labora is like <laughs> my thing, like pray and work. But there is something about leisure that mm-hmm. is so instrumental because the leisure is where we get to process everything. And it is in leisure that we get to hear God speak and in leisure where God actually fulfills us to continue to carry out the mission. Yeah. Um, and if we're constantly carrying out the mission, we mentioned this you know, in the previous podcast that we were recording, that if you are doing your mission devoid from that leisure, if you're constantly, and I think as, as ministers we can we can fall into this of, so focused on our work um, that we forget that we need to be filled first. Mm-hmm. That that the way that love and God flows is he pours into you and then that outpours into others. But if we're not letting him pour into you, then it's not fruitful. Right. There's not as much fruit that can come from it um, and you're going to burn out. Right. And you might even be walking in the wrong direction. Yeah. And so that's why leisure is just so important because yeah. we reorder ourselves and that definitely does play i wasn't going to talk in the leisure but that does does play into this movie and so you can we can hold on to that and kind of touch back onto it as we yeah yeah perfect and i just want to last thing about that is that there's a reason sunday is a day of leisure there's a reason that god instrumentalizes like yeah if you work for six days but on the seventh day you rest because god rests yeah and that leisure is holy that's not saying like you have seven days of nothing and seven days of leisure that you still work for six days but God wants us to, for every six days we work, to have that day of just rest. leisure and rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as we move forward in the film, we get we see the first scene of Pooh Bear the year, years after. So, this, yeah. you know, we, we already let up with Christopher Robin, and we mm-hmm. see the first time Pooh Bear wakes up, and he usual corrals going to find honey. He leaves his house, <laughs> and all of Hundred Acre Woods seems like not darker but like it's covered in fog and just seems kind of empty and he's like oh there's fog where's where's everybody and so he starts walking to find people and this was the only quote i couldn't really find but i kind of wrote it down and he says something along the lines of i never really know where i'm going in the fog you know but like later in the movie he says i always get to where i'm going by leaving to where leaving from where i was but he says i never really see where i'm going in the fog and then he says and it's always much harder to get back 
Mm-hmm. And when he said that, it made me think of the change in Christopher Watt Robin mm-hmm. and how his life now is living in this fog of what he used to know, which made him so happy. And the journey, I'm sure, from the rest of this film, seeing him getting back to what he used to know as a mm-hmm. kid is going to be much harder Yeah. than the straying away. It's always harder to get back to something. Or if you've already worked up to something, it's easier to break it down than it is to build it back up. Right. And that's just kind of what struck me in that one simple line. Yeah, no. And um, there's just something that I think is is profound in that uh, in our own lives, um, and kind of going back to the, the theme of leisure just in general, that when we um, allow ourselves as Christopher, uh, Christopher Robin, ourselves to be clouded, like our judgment to be clouded, our eyes to be clouded, and sin and and being busy and sort of well, I'm too busy to pray or I'm too busy for leisure or I'm too busy to let God fulfill me mm-hmm. right that we get clouded like our judgment gets clouded our childlike faith becomes clouded by this jaded faith or like jaded existence mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's so much harder to get back there like if you start falling into those things that first step back toward that childlike faith is so much more difficult right? because you don't even remember how to get there. Right. And so Pooh Bear eventually sees that he can't find any of his friends. And so he decides to go through the door that Christopher Robin used to come out of to go into Christopher Robin's world to find Christopher Robin. And they end up running into each other. When they meet, they're talking, and Christopher Robin obviously as an adult freaks out and thinks he's going crazy and then they kind of have this moment and he's like, well, what a, you know, Pooh Bear's asking like, what about Piglet and like Eeyore, I need your help. And Christopher Robin says, I haven't thought about them in years. And Pooh Bear said, well, we think about you every day. And I immediately got like the image of God and us mm-hmm. and how like, whether it's years or even a day, like we could, for, you know, we can have a moment where we forget about him yeah. and every second of every day he's thinking about us. Yeah. He's watching us. He's yeah. loving us. Right. And there's this like just just this contrast and just like, yeah. And so later on, Christopher Robin decides I got to get him back to his own world cuz I need to work this weekend. So he takes him back. He's on this whole journey taking him back and along the way, um Pooh Bear sees that he's been carrying this briefcase. It's his work essentials because he came and found Christopher Robin in his like new home but that's not where he chris robin used to go and to find Pooh. that was at the cottage they were at where mm-hmm. his the, where the tree was and so he has to go all the way to the cottage which is like a whole train ride and all this stuff so they're going all that way and he's taking all his work with him so he can work on the train and work on the way so he's not missing out on work and pooper is like why do you always have that case with you and he's like because it's important and Pooh Bear at this point's had honey he's mm-hmm. asked for like a balloon he's like is it more important than a balloon he's like yes like much more important than the balloon. And he's like, is it, then is it like important as like a blanket? And he's like, yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's as important as like a blanket. So we get this imagery. Two images came to my mind. First, a suitcase is something you have to carry. Mm-hmm. Could be heavy, could be light, but it's still carrying. So there's like a weight to it. Um, and the sense that it's with him everywhere he goes is almost like ball and chain. Mm-hmm. But then the other imagery when Pooh Bear says, is it like a blanket? And blanket brings us comfort, mm-hmm. security. And he's right. like, yes, this suitcase, my work, my job yeah. is my security. Yeah. And I think like that sense of like being weighted 
is in direct contrast to is as important as a balloon, which by its definition is weightless. Weightless and yeah. silly and yeah. almost pointless. Yeah. What does a balloon do? Yeah, you like you hold on so it doesn't float away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um but it represents that childhood. Like that right. that innocence and that childlike faith. Exactly. Yeah. And then from the remainder of the movie, as they're going on this whole silly journey, I'm trying not gonna spoil anything, so I'm just gonna yeah. jump from quote to quote. A lot of it was quotes. Christopher Robin keeps telling Pooh Bear who he is because mm-hmm. Pooh Bear is trying to like play, like interact with him like he was young Christopher Robin. And he's like, I'm not that kid. And he's like, I'm an adult now. I'm a dad and all these things. Every time he says like something like that, Pooh Bear is always like, but you're Christopher Robin. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't do, I can't help you, Pooh. I don't know where your, I don't know where your friends are. And he's like, but you're Christopher Robin. And he just keeps repeating that line. Even the other characters eventually say that, but you're Christopher Robin. Yeah. And it made me think of the imagery of like identity, how we can tell ourselves like I'm bad or I'm cool. I'm the podcast guy. I'm this. And it's like, but you're Steve Sherman. Yeah. And like the, the idea of God calling us out by name and the power of names and who our identity is in Christ. Right. And that's it. Not whatever else we tell ourselves. Yeah. And it's actually really funny that you mentioned that. Is my roommate Ethan? Uh, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Uh, it's really funny that you mentioned that um, now that there's not a frog in my throat. Of like my my roommate Ethan. So he is very much like a stoic, and it's really interesting because we we talk about this a lot. But he's in law school, and he realizes that you know he's like I could fail law school, and it would be okay. And the idea that and it always strikes me is because like, none of that really affects who I am. Like, I could not have the job that I want, or I could this or that. And none of, like, these circumstances affect the fact that, like, my primary vocation is to evangelize, Mm -hmm. is to share Christ. And he says, and nothing affects who I am, Mm -hmm. right? That he could be homeless and crippled on the streets, and, like, he's still Ethan you're still Gordon Moore, I'm still Steve Sherman, that, right. that our identities are not found in those external things, right. but they're like intrinsic to who we are because right. of Christ. Yeah, and this whole time, like Pooh Bear, Eeyore, Piglet, all of them see that. You're like, you're still the same person. Yeah. And it's not even that Christopher Robin is strongly that. He just totally believes he's not. Yeah. And he's just, once again, fogged and clouded by this new identity of who he actually is. And he's like, no, you're still, you're still, Chris Robin's still in there. Yeah. And which brings to the next point. What do you remember the heffalumps, the elephants in Pooh Bear's dreams and nightmares, the weird, like, yeah. Okay. So heffalumps and I don't know what they're called. The woozles. Anyways, they're like these things in the lore of Pooh Bear are in the nightmares of Pooh and Piglet. And so in this, in, and we've seen in some of the TV shows, they made like heffalump traps and everything. Whenever there was like possibly a heffalump, you know, everyone gets scared. And so when Christopher Robin actually makes it back into 100 Acre Wood with Pooh Bear, and he was the first right before he meets all the other characters, they think he's a heffalump. And they keep thinking he's a heffalump. And he's like, he's actually loses Pooh and he's trying to find Pooh. And then he hears noises and he's running and he falls into a heffalump trap that Pooh set up and it's a huge pit and he's mm-hmm. on the bottom of this pit and he's like i'm not a heffalump and you just get this idea that he's this monster that they're all afraid of 
Yeah. Because he's not the same person. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of like how we can become what we're not made to be. Right. Yeah. And that like the real fear of the heffalump was like losing who you were. Mm Mm-hmm. Is like forgetting who you were and like what was actually important. Mm-hmm. And the characters finally are like hiding in a log when they see him, and they're like, "You're not Christopher Robin. You're like a monster. You're a half lump. You're lying to us." And it's not until Christopher Robin has to use his imagination to pretend to fight off the heffalump mm-hmm. that they realize, "Oh, that's it's Christopher Robin. Yeah, he's a kid again. It, that's that's Christopher Robin. Yeah, and he's like." playing with them and then they come out and they're like it's so good to see you and there's been this transformation yeah wow and then they say this thing a little bit later on i remember who says it i think it's Pooh. they're sitting on the stump that they go back to all the time time and time again where Pooh bear always says something wise and chris robin is just consoling in Pooh bear mm-hmm. and chris robin's trying to tell him i'm not the person i used to be and Pooh says but you saved us you're yeah. a hero He's like, I'm not a hero, Pooh. The fact is, I'm lost. And Pooh just grabs him and he says, but I found you. Mm. Mm. We'll run with that. Yeah, no, wow. That is just, um, I mean, that is, I think, how Christ interacts with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that God, you know, we are lost, but like, it's not that we find God, but like God finds us and like takes us by the hand. Um, and that in our lives, I think we find ourselves lost all of the time. Yeah. Um, that I think that is just part of the human condition is the sense of being lost. Spiritually, knowing, physically, yeah. emotionally, just, and just not knowing where to go. Yeah. And it is Christ who, who reminds us that even when we're lost, that we are found, that he has found us, that right. he, we're not alone. Yeah. And he's, and our identity, like we're still the same person. Yeah. 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 And that like. He's the one who reminds us that, like, we are found. And that we're never really lost. Right. It's not up to us to find our way out because mm-hmm. he's found us. Right. And he's the good shepherd, which right. a shepherd is the one that guides, too. Yep. He's like, I will take you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and You're and, not lost. Right. That even if you're the one that's lost, he's going to leave the 99 for you. Right. I think it was, like, very... We will get there. Oh, okay. Well, then... We will get there. I will, I will edit I'm it. sorry. I just no, like wanted a, to hop in there. I, know, I, know. I wasn't sure it was coming up. No, okay. it is. I promise. Okay. Okay. Then we'll just edit this out or not edit it out. And I'll just look like an idiot. Um, so then we, we, we keep seeing flashbacks from their adventure to his wife and his daughter. And this is going back a little bit. But before they went off to the cottage and he had to stay to work before this whole adventure took place. His wife's saying, well, you'll be working this weekend? And he's like, it can't be helped. And she looks at him and goes, your life is happening right now in front of you. She's trying to tell him that. And he's like, and what kind of what you said earlier, he says, but if I work really hard now, then in a few years, and she says, what? We'll be happier? We'll be better or worse or not even together? Yeah. And then we get this next line, which is the very end of the movie. It's the last line. After everything's happened, whatever resolutions happened, we'll go watch the movie. Pooh and Christopher Robin are sitting on that same stump. And Pooh Bear looks at Christopher Robin. And he goes, Christopher Robin, what day is it? Robin just smiles. And he goes, it's today. Pooh, it's my favorite day. Mine too, Pooh, mine too. And he goes, yesterday, when it was tomorrow, 
it was too much a day for me. And this idea of focusing on the future, he's like, it's just today. Your right. life is happening in front of you right now. Right. I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to jump tangent wise. Go ahead. Uh, just because I went to mass today, because uh, yeah. we're recording on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and that's a thing that I do on Sundays. Uh, and the homily today was about this exact topic um, that we had read, uh, and I'll pull it up right now. We were reading uh, the first reading, uh, which is Baruch, and it can be a minute. Say. The first reading is Baruch, and it says, um, Jerusalem, take off your robe of mourning and misery. Put on the splendor of glory for God, from God forever. And it's taking place in uh, this exile and this return. And so Baruch is just um, quoting Jeremiah, who's kind of quoting Isaiah of this, like, God will, will return, that you will be returned, right? Um, and they don't know when, but he's saying, like, do it now. And so this whole homily started... With, uh, with the priest getting up there, and he asked this question, and it just struck me. But he said, can you have tomorrow by giving up today? He said, really think about it. Can you have tomorrow by giving up today? And, there, and it's so true that there's something in the American psyche about being so anxious and anticipatory that we seek tomorrow and ignore today. Mm-hmm. when today is really all that we have, right? I mean, yesterday is gone, and we aren't guaranteed a tomorrow. Right. And that we are made for the here and the now. That we are made for this precise moment in this day in history. And we are not made to have the future and, like, worry about the future. I mean, Christ is so clear about not worrying about the future, right? What man... By worrying can add one day to his life right you can't you can't add a day to your life by worrying you can't get to tomorrow faster by giving up today you can only live in the moment today and live today well and live each moment well and take the next right step forward um and there's something beautiful and childlike about trusting that tomorrow is taken care of. Tomorrow will be here. Mm-hmm. So you need to focus on today. Yeah. And we can't even focus upon later today necessarily. We need no. to focus on the here and now. Yeah. It's That's not, not this. It's not even like a whole day we're talking about. We're talking about minutes. Yeah. And, and, and it's not saying like, oh yeah, like I'm, you know, shun your duties. Because there is a moment in that day when you will have to go and do the thing you need to go do, Right. Um, oh, I need to go to work today. Well, you're living your moment in that morning, being present to that until the moment arises when you need to get ready. The moment arises when you need to leave. The moment arises when you do the work at job. Yep. Um, and if you're preparing for something, the moment arises when you prepare. Yeah. But you're living in that moment, not in the future. Yeah. I was praying in adoration on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been, I, I mean, I've been in adoration kind of but it's just kind of seemed like a while and i was just sitting there and i was i've been praying the divine office again lately <laughs> and from that in the daily scripture that day and a few things i was praying i was praying with when i first sat down to start just the words in scripture that stood out to me was rest refuge and things like that and like i just got this idea whether it was mine my own or you know someone else's of like 
it's this moment here in adoration though this is the one place or in prayer even that i can let go of what i'm worried about let go of any like i can obviously offer those up too but even beyond that i can let just let them go yeah drop them off mm-hmm. and just rest here this is literally the only yeah. place in my life right now on earth that i can just rest mm-hmm. and have peace for yeah. maybe a few minutes to mm-hmm. an hour yeah and then leave and maybe i'm worried right right when i leave the doors yeah but i had an hour of peace yeah and i think it's important to remember that especially in adoration like that 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 god that that christ is the lord of yesterday and today and tomorrow yeah that he is the god right we say that in the glory be the god who was who is and who will forever be yeah right that there's something about the lord being present and when you're present with him and if you're living each moment allowing uh, being present to the lord in each moment allowing him to be present in every moment of your day that tomorrow takes care of itself and like we are, we can be forgiven the shames of yesterday and spared the anxieties of tomorrow mm-hmm. by being with the lord of both of those times but also lord of that moment right there yeah and we can exist with him there mm-hmm. and trust that everything else will be taken care of yep um i, I kind of want to go back go ahead way 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 back yeah you had mentioned that like quote from Pooh. Um, when he was in the fog and he said yeah. it's always hard to like get back get back but then that second quote that uh he always knows where he's oh, going i know i always end up where i'm, I'm going, going by, by leaving, leaving where, where i was. was right and i think that that is such a spiritual lesson oh so many of what he's just wise words from Pooh. i know Pooh, <laughs> man it's just like the next great philosopher um that we <laughs> i just have this like weird image of like Pooh Bear with a pot of honey just being like this wise old sage anyway um that how how true is that in our faith life right that we want to sometimes stay complacent and complicit in this moment um and that and I know this sounds counterintuitive what we've been talking about living in the moment but that God so often calls us forward yeah right that we're not to worry about what's ahead of us but we are to be responsive to that next step we want things to move yeah without the willingness to move ourselves yeah you know and and god is so often and i say this all the time that god our god is not a god of comfort zones like he is not a god that wills for us to stay in our comfortable little comfortable little box Mm -hmm. he will always say okay take the step out of the box Mm mm-hmm Okay, now I'll take another step out. Mm-hmm. And our box grows and grows and grows because he's like come closer and closer, right? Like a shepherd moving mm-hmm. sheep. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, and it always brings me back to Abram before he was Abraham when he's called out, right? And I, I can't off the top of my head remember the name of the city. Um, but it was a, is it Ur or something? Maybe that's one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But anyway, the city he was called out of was actually a um, really important city in the Mesopotamian oh, culture. Oh, the one he was called out of. Yeah. Yes. Or you are. Yeah. Yes. Ur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So Ur, I'm glad my, my $120,000 actually did something for me. Um, but Ur, when he's called out, Ur, Ur is, uh, was a really, really important city 
in the Mesopotamian civilization. And for our history buffs out there, Mesopotamia was like the first civilization on earth. That when Abraham, Abram was called out of Ur, there wasn't other civilization. He was called out of the, like the ultimate out of the comfort zone is leave civilization and go be like this shepherding person, like among what wasn't even civilization, maybe tribal at best, mm-hmm. right? In, in the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like these cities, this civilization, this crux uh, that later gets spread throughout the rest of the world. Um, but it's like the crux of, uh, you know, the Paleolithic Revolution, right? Like farming animals and, and all that stuff. So he's called out, but like Abram was called out of the only city in ex- like one of the only cities in existence to the, the wilderness. Um, and I think God does that all the time. And I'm, I'm going to kind of go into the second part of this homily that I heard today. Um, that Baruch and Isaiah and Jeremiah and the prophets, and you see it in John the Baptist, always begin preaching in the desert because there's a strong sense in the Jewish faith and in our faith of God preaching in the desert, in the wilderness, Um, that it is actually outside of our comfort zones that God helps build us for the kingdom, that he calls us. Right. but anyway, is there anything else you want to add? Sorry, I'm just no, really digging deep into this one little topic. That was pretty much where I wanted to end it. Oh, okay. So that, cause that was kind of the end of the movie. Yeah. And so with that, my challenge for you guys really this week is whenever you're listening to this, mm-hmm. whether it's when it, when it came out, doesn't matter. Whenever you listen to this, I want you to call to mind the next, the, whatever the next thing that you're dreading is. Whether it's like, oh, I know... My Thursday this week is going to be awful or I have this test coming up or something you, that's super personal. But it's like mm-hmm. whatever it is that you know right away is like I'm dreading this or I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this. Mm-hmm. Or and even then, something you're fearing. Yeah. And then call to mind this present moment right now. As soon as the podcast ends, just sit in like a peaceful rest with God with right now and today that be thankful that you're not in that moment yet be thankful for whatever that moment is and for whatever he's calling you into and just say thanks after you just sit in five minutes to 30 minutes of just rest whatever you need but just sit at least five minutes in just restful silence yeah not not thinking about that dreadful whatever yeah just let it go and that's it yeah that's what I got for you guys. All right. Is, uh, any shout-outs? Uh, I've been given a, a lot in this past, but Danny and Nick mostly for mm-hmm. showing me the movie, mm-hmm. um, for recommending the movie, and yeah, go and watch it. It's so good. I really haven't spoiled anything. Other than that, no. I should be back in Georgia. By, I mean, by, back in Texas at this yeah. point. So It's like the first shout-out of 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Wow. What about you? Uh, just shouting shout out, out everyone who listened in uh, 2018. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and listeners. 2017, yeah, because this is uh, not the. This isn't like we've only done it for about a year and some months, mm-hmm. but technically it's the third year that we've had a podcast. Right, we started in 2017 into 2018, and now we're starting our second year, but it's kind of bridging into a like An third actual, actual year. Yeah, calendar year. Calendar year. Yeah. So yeah. it's. 
It's crazy. So thank y'all. Again, um, Disney December is over. However, if you still would like to um, share videos and or audios oh, or yeah. whatever about what you're reading, it doesn't have to be Disney, but anything. We will um, always share it. We will always we'll share always it. Respond. Uh, we will always respond we to it. it. And, and just, yeah, feel free to let us know what's going on. Please continue to lift us up in prayer. Let us know how we can pray for you, what it is you'd like to hear in this podcast. And yeah, just we'd love your feedback. And uh, again, thanks for joining us in 2019. Yeah. See you next week.